Welcome to another podcast by Dr. Dennis Smith, Senior Pastor of Covenant Life Ministries. To find out more, go to lifeandfocustv.com. It's important that we recognize what prayer is, how God designed it, how it is to work in our lives, because it's a tremendous blessing. It makes a huge difference. It's important to know how to pray. I remember the story that was told of three men who were hiking one day and unexpectedly they came up to this large raging river, but they needed to get to the other side. They just didn't have any idea how to do it. So the first man prayed to God, said, please God, give me the strength to cross the river and poof, God gave him big arms, strong legs, and he was able to swim across the river in about two hours after nearly drowning a couple of times. The second man saw this and he prayed, God, please give me the strength and the equipment to cross that river. And poof, God gave him a rowboat and he was able to row across the river in about an hour, but he almost capsized on the way there. So the third man is kind of scratching his head and thinking about how he should pray. And so the third man saw how it worked out for the others and he said, please God, give me the strength and the equipment and the intelligence to cross the river. And poof, God gave him a woman. (laughs) She stopped someone and asked for directions and there was a bridge just a couple of hundred yards upstream. Uh, It's important to know how to pray. It's important to learn to pray scripturally. It's important to learn to pray correctly because prayer can be powerful. Someone said that God is more interested in answering your prayers than you are in praying. One survey revealed that the average church, the average church goer spends four minutes a day in prayer. The average minister spends seven minutes a day in prayer. You know, when you talk about prayer, there's three things right off the bat. It's important to understand the purpose of prayer. What is prayer anyway? It's communion. It's about relationship with God. He's designed a way for us to hear Him and a way for us to to cry out to Him, to call to Him, to pray, to speak to Him. He desires that kind of relationship. Prayer, one of the purposes of prayer is to bring about God's kingdom here on earth. God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And of course, primarily when we pray, we pray for God to be glorified, glorified. It's important to know the purpose of prayer, change things. It's important to have the right perspective of God when you pray. Now, a lot of people have a problem with praying because they have an incorrect, unscriptural perception of God, who He is, His character, and His nature. For some, He's a distant God and doesn't really want to be involved in their lives. For others, he's a taskmaster that's there just to give orders, a cosmic killjoy. For some, he's just a colossal vending machine where they're supposed to put the right ingredient in and receive. And 
It's important to pray and ask and to receive, but for some, prayer is such a selfish act. But to have the right perspective of God, we need to know Jesus, we need to know God the way Jesus came to reveal Him to us. He is our Father. When you come to Christ, when you become a Christian, born again, whatever term you may use, your life is changed, new beginning. Then when that happens to you, and that happens because of the cross, because Jesus took our place, you know, the, the wonderful account of salvation. I mean, you can, you can never, 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 ever appreciate it enough, I don't think. He came to reveal to us a God who is a father, and he's a good, good father. I tell you what, you'll be more effective in prayer if you recognize that as his child, you're approaching a good, good father. Someone who loves you as his child and someone who wants to bless you as his child. If you get that down inside of you, it'll really help you when you're approaching the Lord in prayer. He's father, he's good. Another, it's, all, it's important for you to have the correct perception of God in that he's able it doesn't matter what kind of problem you have, what you're facing, what you've been through, what you're going through. It doesn't matter. God is not only enough, he's more than enough. If you'll turn it over to him, look to him, find out what he says in his word and apply it to your life. I am here to tell you that God is able to help you through any situation and to bring about victory in any situation in your life. That's good, isn't it? He's not only able, but you know, he could be able and not willing and that wouldn't help out a whole lot, would it? Not only is he able to do something in our lives, but he's willing. It is his desire to do that. What a blessing. It's important to know the purpose of prayer, the perspective of God when you pray. And it's important to know that, that there is power in prayer, in biblical prayer, in faith prayer. There is power. Something happens. Now, the power comes from Almighty God. He's designed this avenue through which he would demonstrate himself, through which he would work in our lives the power of prayer, we're given the awesome privilege and the calling to partner with God. Imagine that. To partner with God. To believe Him for certain things and they would come to pass. There are certain things that will never happen unless you pray. People think that, that, what's, ever, that what's going to happen is just going to happen automatically. If that's the case, then why pray? So it's important for us to to settle this down in our heart that God is aware of everything that's going on. Nothing takes him by surprise. But when you pray, something happens. And when you pray effectively according to the word, it changes things. And if you don't pray, perhaps those things will never be changed. I mean, James put it about as simple as you could put it when it said, the reason you don't have is because you don't ask, right? Flip that. If you ask, then you will have. You know it is so simple that sometimes we stumble over it, don't we? Some of us have been so tinted, and I'm afraid to say at times warped, by our church, by our religious perception and understanding of how God works in prayer today. We so often limit God. And he wants us to know that he's an unlimited God, limited only because only in the sense that he will never violate his character, his purpose, his word. But he wants 
to give good gifts to his children. He wants you to pray and the Bible says that your prayers will be answered. There's power in prayer. When you pray, expect answers, expect results. Well, pastor, I've prayed for things before and it didn't take place. I know, I have too. I, I don't have all the answers for every situation because they're different situations. We talked about earlier in the series, you can go back and listen if you want about some of the hindrances or what causes uh, the hinders prayers from being answered. But when we align with his will and his purpose, God says he will answer our prayers. Now, that answer may not come, sometimes it may not come exactly the way we prayed, although I believe when we begin to line our prayers up with his word and we're specific in it, he'll do it that way. But because he's a good, good father, when you pray for certain things, you know, a father just wants to do more than just average. Your father will go beyond that. And if he doesn't answer it exactly the way you prayed, it'll always be better. So I'm okay with trusting him yeah. with that. <laughs> so when that, when that happens and we, we recognize that in prayer, he intends for it to be something we do, something we mean that's from our heart. And when we pray, we know that we can come to before him. We can come before his throne through the blood of Jesus Christ, and we can come boldly expecting that he hears us and answers our prayers. I, I, sometimes prayers aren't answered because, of, because we waver, because we have a lack of faith. That's absolutely true. It may be most of the time that's the reason our prayers aren't answered. Sometimes prayers are not answered because we're at odds with someone or there's, there's strife there. You know, uh, the Epistle Peter warns us that, man, if there's strife there between husband and wife, guys, your prayers will be hindered. <laughs> They're not going to be effective. There are certain things that can keep your prayers from being effective. So you just need to look at that. If, if you're not having success in praying about a particular situation, you need to examine your heart and your motive. Why are you praying? What are you praying for? You need to examine the Word of God and see if it lines up with what God says His will is. You need to get to a place to where you're not just hoping and wishing it'll happen, but you believe because God promises it to you, it's yours. And then you're not to back down. You're continue to praise him, thank him, and walk in faith and perseverance and don't give up. I have just shared basically a complete picture of what, a, of what successful prayer is supposed to be like. Simple steps, but remember we talked about you can hear about it, you can talk about it, but until you and I learn to do it, it won't work. <laughs> it just won't work. Faith without works is dead, is dead or useless or futile. So true. It's true. Look at this, look at this scripture. We've, we've hit on it before in this, but it's such a great scripture from 1 John, the epistle 1 John chapter 5 verse 14 and 15. This is the New King James Version. And, and it says, now this is the confidence. Now when you've got, it's good to be confident, isn't it? It's good not to just be wishy-washy or iffy or I'm not sure. It says, this is the confidence that we have in Him. Our confidence is in Him. That if we ask Next word really can throw us for a loop sometimes. That if we ask anything, 
and anything has to line up with his will. Anything according to his will and his word, the scripture, is his will. If you go to the word, you can find things concerning God's direction, his will. Now, some people say, well, I've been praying about a certain matter and I've gone to the scripture. I don't find anything that really speaks to me or that lines up with these prayers that will help me to know how to pray. Most of the time when you're praying, you can go to the Word and, and, and the Holy Spirit will help you see God's will for you to pray in order for you to pray clearly. But if you're praying about something that to you seems rather complex at the time and you really can't seem to get a, uh, an understanding of what the Word is saying about that situation, ask God to give you wisdom and insight. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. And though he may not speak to that situation specifically in every case, there will be principles of his word, teachings in his word, that the Holy Spirit will take and apply it to you so you understand how to pray the way God wants you to pray. If I understand the scripture correctly, it says if we learn to pray the way God tells us to pray, he always answers us. Now, if I understand that correctly, the Bible says if we learn to pray the way the scripture, the way the Bible tells us to pray, our prayers will always be answered. And then we have this cute little religious saying that we've come up with that says, yes, God always answers all our prayers. Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says no. And sometimes he says wait. I understand what we're trying to say when we do that, but oftentimes people use that as an excuse. You hear what I'm saying? Yep. Because you say, all right, it's not happening and my prayer's not working, so the problem's not with me. <laughs> it's the fact that maybe God said, wait. Well, there are times when you pray that you will not have immediate results. That doesn't mean you don't have it. It means you're just waiting for it to be manifested. You already have it because he said you have it. Well, that just sounds ridiculous. I, I, I know, but... Faith is the unseen world. And the Bible says we're to live by faith. And when you pray in faith, what you're doing is connecting with what God has promised and given and say, Lord, I thank you. I'm praying according to your will and this is mine. You may not see it today. You may not see it next week. I don't know. It may, you may not see it within. I don't know about the time frame there. But it, you don't back off from that. You don't give up on that. You continue on. Because you've prayed and you've asked and it's going to come about. It's going to take place. And as you do that, you move into a greater place of praise and thanksgiving, knowing. You remember we talked about expectation? You get into a place of anticipation. I don't know exactly when, but my, 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 this is actually going to happen. I mean, we're going to see it. It's going to be manifested because God hears and answers prayers that align with his word and prayers that are in faith. There, there are sometimes we can wait. Here's what I believe to be the truth, though. If we know we're praying according to God's will, He never says no. If He did, He'd be contradicting Himself. Now, I know that's pretty heavy, especially because the enemy likes to... to the enemy likes to just remind us, hey, oh my, my, I don't have a very good prayer life. I don't have a very high percentage 
of answers. I, I, my, I don't have that. Well, it's time for you and I to quit talking about what we don't have and begin to understand what we do have in him and start today. Lord, my prayer life will change now to where I'll expect now. I will anticipate because you're my father and you love to hear and answer my prayers. And you say, oh, let's go back to that scripture just a moment. He says, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now look at verse 15. Good, get this now. And if we know that he hears us, and he says he hears every prayer that's prayed according to his will. Isn't that what it said in verse 14? We've got confidence. That's what it says. Verse 15, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know, K-N-O-W, we know, the Amplified Bible says, we know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. He will give us what we ask for. I think that frightens us sometimes. But God doesn't want us to feel I don't think he wants us to, to, to be sense guilt or condemnation over that this morning because we, we look at our feeble our prayer life and it seems feeble in many, in many cases in the past. Well, then it's time to learn and it's time to grow and it's time to begin to understand that God can do amazing things when we learn how to pray the way he taught us to pray. I'll tell you what, the devil's absolutely terrified that believers will get a hold of this. It says that when God hears us, he answers us. That tells me that there's sometimes that people pray and God doesn't hear them. There's certain kind of prayers that we could not say are legitimate prayers. You think that a prayer that's made to Allah, there's probably God is heard by Almighty God? No. Now, it doesn't matter how evil a person may be, how wicked or what their sin, their past might have been. When they cry out to the Lord for mercy and for forgiveness, He hears them. When they turn to Him, He hears them. But this little mealy mouth and, and weak and puny and struggling and whining and crying and begging God will never be effective praying. I'm, I'm just sharing, I'm just bearing my heart. When we come to God in prayer, it's not about begging Him, it's about believing Him. Now I know as children growing up, and maybe you've experienced this with your own children, they come to you and and they want something so bad that they plead with them, please, 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 I, I just have to have, please, please, daddy, please, mama. You know, I understand that. <laughs> What's your heart as a dad and a mom, though, when they come asking for something? Your heart is, your heart is to bless them. Now, what they're asking for may not be right, might not be healthy for them, might not be good, and you're going to superintend that. I understand. But when we pray, we're lining up with what we know pleases God. When you ask for something and it is your Father's pleasure, it pleases Him to give it to you. There is always that danger that comes with preaching right down the line this way on prayer is 
is because it is so strong in many ways is that people will back off from that and that we'll, be, we'll have a tendency to make excuses. You know, it's important for us to pray for one another. Yes, when you pray, you can pray for yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. You're his child. But today, focus for just, just a few minutes with me on our call and responsibility to pray for others. When you pray for others, one aspect of prayer is extremely important. Intercession, we'll talk about that a little bit another time, but let's talk about praying for others. Intercession, in a general sense, is praying for others. There are other aspects of intercession, but that's, in general sense, that's what it is. The best gift that you can give anyone is to pray for him or her. Praying for one another is our privilege and our responsibility. There's nothing wrong with praying for yourself, but praying for yourself is not the first priority. In the Old Testament, we have examples of people praying for others. Abraham prayed when Lot and his family was in Sodom and Gomorrah, an evil, wicked place. Abraham prayed, and God was so merciful, but finally, because of man's sin and rebellion, destruction came upon Sodom, but, but Abraham interceded, interceded for his nephew Lot and his family. Moses pleaded for God's mercy when Israel rebelled and built the golden calf, an idol to worship. He pleaded for God's mercy upon the people. He prayed for them. Daniel, the Bible says, made supplication to God for his people. In the book of Solomon, it says, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. In the New Testament, Jesus prayed for others, prayed for his disciples, that includes us. He said, I, I, I do not pray, speaking to the Father, he said, I do not pray for these alone, his immediate disciples there, but also for all those who will believe in me through, the, through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. He prayed for others. On the cross, Jesus prayed and said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Jesus is our intercessor. The church prayed, the, the early church prayed. Uh, I mean, prayer was a vital part of the life of the church and they prayed for other people. We saw the example last time of the church that was uh, praying for Peter who was bound in prison and, in, uh, and under guard and in chains and how God supernaturally, a, an angel came, touched him and delivered him out of prison. He came to where the church was praying. The church members came to the door and they were shocked that he was there because, now wait, they prayed. <laughs> Their prayer was answered. Oh, that surely is not the case. We, it's important, as we said last week, it's great, it is wonderful, it is wonderful to worship and praise God and be thankful when our prayers are answered, but we should not be surprised or shocked. The church prayed, the Bible says in Acts 2.42 that they devoted themselves to prayer. They devoted themselves to prayer and to the teaching of the apostles, the disciples. Paul prayed for the churches. And, and, I, and if we had a lot more time, I would really go into this. But just let me just, just scan it just very quickly. When you go to like Colossians 1, Ephesians 1, even Ephesians 3, Philippians 1, 
Second uh, Thessalonians 3, uh, others there, you will find that, that when Paul is speaking to a church, he'll, 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 he will address them. Uh, he will give information about, uh, uh, about who he's writing to, about himself a little bit. But very quickly in these, church, in these uh, epistles to the churches, these letters to the churches, he speaks to them. He prays for them. He wants them to know he's praying for them. In Colossians 1, uh, Paul said, We always pray for you and we give thanks to God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. And we've not stopped praying for you since we heard about you. He also said, We pray for your wisdom and power. In Ephesians 3, he says he prayed for their strength and knowledge of God's love. In Philippians 1, he prayed for their, their spiritual understanding and discernment. In Colossians 1, he prayed that they would know God's will. In 2 Thessalonians, he prayed that they might be steadfast. In the book of Philemon, he prayed for that they might be bold. He prayed for the church. He prayed for others. Why? Because it was extremely important. Why? Because they needed his prayers. It was important. His prayers for them made a difference. And it was good that when the letter was read to them that they heard Paul telling them, look, I'm praying for you. And he tells them how he's praying for them. Whenever I have someone that comes and I know that you pray for me and I've had people come up to me here and say, I've been praying for you this week. It's always good to hear encouraging words. For someone to say, well, pastor, that message really spoke to me this morning. Uh, that was encouraging. That helped me. That's, and I appreciate that. I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, I, I, want, I want what is said from this place to be a blessing and be a help to edify, to build up. And, and it's based on God's word. That's all we rely upon, his word, not, not, not me. But I appreciate that. It's encouraging. But I would say it's probably more encouraging than anything else for someone to come up to me and genuinely Say, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you and Deb. I'm praying for you. Now, sometimes we just kind of throw that little phrase around. I'll be praying for you. And then we never think about it again. Oh, look, come on, confess. It's probably happened to most of us here. And we meant to. Our intentions were good, but you know about intentions. So we need to take prayer more seriously. And when we tell someone we'll pray for them, what should we do? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful for all your prayers. I'm thankful when people pray for me because let me tell you something. It's not a lack of faith, I don't believe, for me to tell you and, and before the Lord to say, I need your prayers. There's an enemy out there. There's things, and I thank God he's given me the victory and I thank God I can walk in faith myself. But listen, the truth is as believers, as a part of his church, what folks, what folks? We need one another. When Jesus, when the church was built, it was always God's design to have a family from the very beginnings, right? Adam and Eve, it kind of got perverted and thwarted for a while, but then Jesus came back and made a way for the family to be rebirthed as children of God. And God still has a family and you are members of that family as believers. And, and you know, as believers, as members of the same family, we're to love one another. We're to help one another. We might get a little upset or perturbed or impatient with it from time to time, but not. But, you know, but we're family. 
And with family, we've got a commitment to one another and our commitment is to help one another. This is one of the most loving, caring bodies of believers I've ever been around in my life that when they know or are aware of any particular need or a way that they can respond and help and bless people, they do it. They do it. And I am so grateful for that. Jesus himself had a saying concerning praying for others that's a, mm, it might be one we'd rather leave out, but we're not going to leave it out. It's in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, when Jesus said, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. There's just some people it's hard to pray for. Have you ever had any, anybody in your life that you didn't really want to pray for them? You kind of had one of the Old Testament prayers like David. It says, God, get them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> God, get them. Straighten them out. Now, Jesus is not a weakling. He doesn't come in and say, well, you just to let people walk on you or whatever. But he, there's a true meekness with strength that you submit before the Lord, you trust Him in a situation living out, and regardless of what someone has done to you or what they've said or anything, it doesn't mean you can immediately go up and pat one of them back and be friends again. That might, you know, I don't know what the process will be in total reconciliation. We would hope that would be reached. However, you can go ahead and start praying for them. There's nothing to keep you from praying for them. If you say, well, I don't know exactly how to pray for them. Just pray for God's mercy and for His grace to work in their lives, that they come to the knowledge of the truth, that they discern the situation that they're in, what they're going through in life, that, that they just pray for them. And the interesting thing happens, you can have someone that you kind of, you're not really, in, it's, it's not maybe your favorite person or persons. And if you will begin to intentionally just call out, their name and say, Lord, I pray for them today. Bless them, help them. You know that'll start changing you. In a way, it releases the, the burden of that uh, anger and resentment that may be trying to stay inside of you toward them. They're not your enemy. Satan is. Okay. Let's, so... How do I pray for others? Let me name them. I pray from the heart. I take the focus off myself and put it on others. We're, we're, we're said we're supposed to fulfill the law of Christ by carrying one another's burdens. Carry each other's burdens, the scripture says. One of the ways you can do that is pray for other people. It's got to be from your heart, genuine. When you, how do you pray for others? Always pray in faith. Line up with the word. Pray according to his word. How do you pray for others? Be as specific as you can. Now, you can't always be specific in praying for others because you might not know them that well. You can pray for someone you don't even know. And you don't have to be with someone in order to pray for them, right? And the Lord will help you to know how to pray for people that are distant or that are, you're really unacquainted with. Paul prayed for the Colossians and he, uh, far, and he didn't meet them. He know them. It's important for us to, to learn that we can pray and be effective uh, regardless of whether we know that person. And they may not even know that you're praying for them and yet something happens to them because you've been praying for them. And they don't even know that the reason something happened to them is because somebody was praying for them. It's very likely that many of you here today and following the Lord 
because before you heard the word and responded to it, there was someone that was praying for you. Thank God. Thank God for that. Now, sometimes we like to get a little bit of information so we can know how to pray for people a little bit better. Be careful with that. Use caution. Trying to get information, more information about people because uh, I, I know we don't want to intercede to pray for people in a fuzzy way like God bless all the missionaries. You know, I mean, I, I pray that way, but they need to be more specific than that. God will help us to know. It, it helps to know about a person or about a situation, but use discretion because if you're not careful, it can become, it, it can become indiscretion. It become gossip. Someone said that Christians don't gossip. They just share prayer requests. Paraphrase here says, pray every way you know how for everyone you know. Verse two, pray for kings. This is your, this is your leaders, your rulers, authorities. Pray for your leaders, all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence, dignity. God, pray for leadership. We pray for our leadership in this country. Verse three, for this is good and acceptable, pleasing in the sight of the Lord our Savior, of God our Savior, who desires that all men be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, when you pray for someone to be saved, do you know that you're praying according to the word of God? Well, of course, because even right here it says that God desires that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. So when you're praying for someone's salvation, you're always lining up with his word and his will. That say a little bit more later, but for there is one God and one, only one mediator between God and men, one go between one that is the man Christ Jesus that came through his life, his, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, his, he's at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us, comes through Jesus Christ. James chapter five says, is anyone among you, talking to the church, is, is there anyone suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms or praises. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Confess your, tres your trespasses, your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And the effective, fervent prayer of the righteous man avails or accomplishes much. <clears throat> in our, uh, I don't know where you are in your read through the Bible, uh, you know, you're, uh, in 2017, we're reading through the scripture and we're getting on in the year now, so we're moving right on through. And uh, in, in our reading plan, we finished Psalms and the New Testament once and we're back reading through Psalms and New Testament. But in the Old Testament, each day, it's a, you go a little bit slower getting through it, and there's more books there too. And so we've uh, in the book of Joel, and uh, every time I uh, every time I, I I come to a situation where we look at uh, the book of Job, I mean, when you look at the book of Job, um, I have to really watch myself not to go off on a tangent here because the book of Job has been so misunderstood. But here's one thing that I know we should, cannot 
misunderstand or should not misunderstand for the book of Job. Job 42 verse 10, it says, when or after Job had prayed or interceded for his friends, and his friends had some issues, but when or after Job had prayed or interceded for his friends, here's what happened. Here's what happened. The Lord restored his fortunes. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before. This happened. Something, something broke in the atmosphere. Something broke in, the, in, in what was going on there between the battle from the enemy attacking Job and, and, and Job's struggles with it here. And, and it says that when Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored him and twice as much as he had before. There's power when you learn to pray for others. Ephesians 6 says, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Number one, when you pray, you're just obeying, you're doing what pleases God. Secondly, when you pray for others, you're reflecting God's character. There's no better, there, there, there's nothing that, that reflects God's character anymore, I think, than you having a heart to pray for others. Thirdly, when you pray for others, you're expressing your love for them. You can show your love for people in a lot of different ways, but one of the greatest ways you can love people is to faithfully pray for them. It's, uh, it's so very important, so very important. Fourthly, when you pray for someone, you make a difference in their life. You can make a difference in their life. I mean, you may say it may save someone's life. It may, uh, as you pray for them, pray for marriages. There may be restoration comes. It's important that you know that your prayers can impact people. Things can change as you pray. Now, when you're praying for salvation of people, uh, there's a little confusion here, and I can understand why. We say, well, everything that we pray, we claim it in the name of Jesus. And, and I'm not talking about this cheap type of name and claim it where it's all about stuff and materialism. I'm talking about the fact that the Bible says if you will pray and believe, you receive. And if you confess, you receive. I mean, that's just simply what Scripture says, no matter what anyone on any other side of the fence may say. It's just true. But particularly when you're praying for someone else, always understand that you're praying for them, but you, just as God will not violate their free choice, their free will, you can't violate their free choice, free will. You can't make them get saved. And you can't make them get saved. How many of you know people that you just loved if there was a way you could have made them get saved? You can't make them, and God won't make them get saved. Now hear me. God won't make them get saved. They have their will. It is whosoever will that comes to him that are born again. So how do you pray for someone? You say, I'm praying for them and I believe God that they're going to be saved. Well, that's okay. You make that confession. The bottom line is they still have a decision they must make and you will not make it for them. So when you're praying, here's, a, here's so important. When you're praying for the lost, pray for God's mercy over them. God's mercy. Pray that things will happen in their life that will reveal to them the reality of God, the love of God. Pray for certain people to cross their path that can be influential in their lives that will help bring them to the truth. And I tell you what, as you pray for that, I believe that God will work 
I believe that things will begin to work as you pray in faith in their life that they'll, they'll be subjected to the, to the truth. The word will come to them. People will cross their paths and they begin to see things. They get, God gets their attention. Not by locking them up in jail or causing them to have a car wreck. <laughs> but God will get their attention. And even if the devil brings harm to them, as you continue praying for them, if they're lost and harm comes to them, then you press on in and pray and say, Lord, what the enemy intended for harm and bad, turn this around and even use it to bring them to you. So much theology could be straightened out if we could get it down deep inside. There's some aspects. He's God, we're not. There's some things we just do not completely understand or we would be God. He's God, we're not. There are, there are things that we give thought we just don't know. We just don't understand completely. But it'll help your theology out a great deal if, if bottom line you would say, God is a good, good God. And Satan, the devil, is a bad, bad devil. One comes to give life and give life more abundantly. The other comes to steal and to kill and destroy. So very important to know that. As we, you make a difference. Fourth, as we said, you make a difference in their life. Pray for their salvation. Pray for their spiritual health, their well-being. Pray for not only their spiritual welfare, but it's right to pray for, for health and good things to happen in their lives. Uh, Third John uh, one in verse two, your prayers will make a difference. The fifth thing that happens when you pray for someone is you sow seed for God to help you. A.J. Gordon wrote, you can do more than pray after you've prayed, but you cannot ever do more than pray until you have prayed. You sow seed there is the principle of sowing and reaping, which is a scriptural principle. Whatever you sow, that shall you also reap. When you sow correctly, appropriately, in faith, and you nurture that through praise and through the word and faith continues to grow, what is produced is never the same amount that you sowed it's 30-fold or 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. You can plant one or two seeds of corn and get a couple of ears of corn and it's a lot more than three or four seed. And when you and I, when we begin to pray for someone else and unselfishly pray and believe that God is going to bless them and help them, you know, sometimes if you're facing a real need or situation or problem in your life and you know of someone else that's facing something very similar, pray for them. Now, I know some people that get a little bit upset at times because they prayed for their, these people and they both had the same problem. I have the problem, they have a problem, I'm praying for them, their problem gets solved and here's how I get my problem. I still got my problem, that's not fair. <laughs> Why did you answer that for them and you didn't for me? Hang on, 
hang on, don't get over in that world of complaining or doubting. Stay with it. The scripture is true that if you will sow your prayers, sow them, sow them, get, put those seed in the ground as you sow for other people, God is going to bring that back in your life in so many ways. He's going to bless you through that. Extremely important. Ezekiel twenty-two thirty, I sought for a man among them or a person who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. It's a word, a declaration. We could say a declaration of the Lord that says, I was looking for someone that would stand on their behalf. We could put it that way. I was looking for someone that would stand in the gap for them, that would pray for them. I was looking for someone. The message says, I look for someone to stand up for me against all this, to, to repair the defenses of the city, to take a stand for me and stand in the gap to protect this land so I wouldn't have to destroy it. I couldn't find anyone, not one. When it comes to praying for others, today could we just simply say, God, if you're looking for someone, if you're looking for someone, Someone that will stand in the gap for others, for a friend, or maybe even for someone you don't even know. I will intercede for them. I will stand in faith for them. I will pray for them. If you're looking for someone, Lord, I'll stand in the gap. I'll pray for them. The scripture's pretty clear that if we're willing to do that, it can bring deliverance and help and blessing to those that you're praying for. Amen. Can we pray? Thank you for your word today, Lord. There's so much for us to learn from your word, so much for us to learn concerning prayer. We don't want to just talk about prayer or even study prayer, just that alone, Lord. We want to learn how to pray consistently and effectively and in a way that certainly if pleases you. That's our heart, that's our desire as a church. Before we go today, before we go today, we're going to take just two or three minutes here. And if there's someone in particular, someone on your heart, family member, someone you work with, someone that, that God's been putting on your heart, because this is how it works. Sometimes when you're praying for people, the Holy Spirit, the Lord will, we say the Lord put it on the heart, place it on the heart. We begin to think about them. I could say we, we, their, their, their face, their name comes up in us and we, we just want to pray for them. I want to do that. If there's, if there's someone whose name, someone that you've been concerned about, someone that you want to this morning focus in on and say, Lord, I come and this morning I stand in the gap and I pray, I pray I'm going to pray for them. I commit myself not just to pray this morning, but I will stand in the gap for them until, Lord, I believe you will work in their life in a mighty way. That's what I want. As Matt plays, we're going to just take a couple of minutes. If you've got someone on your heart, someone you want, and I know we all have that, but I'm, I know everyone in this building could probably come down and stand in this area. And if you do, that's fine. That's fine. But if the Lord has laid someone specifically or your burden specifically for someone just step out as he plays 
We're going to take just a couple of minutes, then we're just going to close in prayer together. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Seed and to pray for others.